welcome to Yes, That Actually Happened. We're Erin. Hi, Jay. Hi, that's me. Hi. And we're here to bring you our special Grand Rapids episode where we are dealing with all of the crime and a little bit of history of Grand Rapids. I'm very excited. Yes. So this one was a really fun one to research. I don't know about you, but I learned a lot of things that I didn't actually know about Grand Rapids before me this. Me too. I didn't... I realized how little I actually know about... <laughs> The city. city. Didn't you grow up here too? Yeah, I've been here my whole life. <laughs> Grand Rapids is known as a beer city, has a lot of different pubs, downtown things, a furniture city as well because of all the old furniture buildings yes. and stuff. But did, did you know, know I did some research, it also used to try to be a automotive city. I thought we... Oh, well, aren't we like that automotive state? Yes, but that's Detroit, not Grand Rapids. So us. when the horseless carriages dropped in, they all tried to be like Detroit and jump on that bandwagon and tried to make some some companies more successful than others. However, none of them lasted that long. That's we did our best. Can't be good at everything. <laughs> if you are interested in learning more, there are several books we use for our research, including two books by Tobin T. Buck, Poisoning of the Pecks of Grand Rapids, and Murder and Mayhem in Grand Rapids. There is also Forever in Five Days by Lowell Caulfield, and A City Within a City by Todd E. Robinson. The Grand Rapids Public Library also has a ton of research downtown that you can get into, as well as the Grand Rapids City Archives if you want to dig a little deeper into your research. Be cool. They can help you guide them through some things. Just make sure when you contact them you actually know what you want to research because they do need to actually pull all the information for you and things yeah. like that. If you live within the Grand Rapids city limit, the archives will also have research on the history of your house, Ooh. which is pretty cool. See so, who's been murdered there. Not quite that much research, but what they do is in the Great Depression, they needed to give people some jobs. So what they did was they employed people to go around to Grand Rapids city homes. They take pictures. They like documented things, got blueprints, stuff like that. So they have these file folders with addresses that'll have like a photo from the 1930s, some updated photos if anything has been updated since then. Yeah. And then they also have like all the research and blueprints. So you can see what your house looked like That's way cool. back when. In up north, um, where my parents have a cottage, we have a neighbor who has the original photo of what the house used to look like, and she's restoring it to that, that now. It's cool. Yeah. Mostly. It's looking really good. Mostly. There's some. T- Trends I would rather stay away from, shag carpeting, (laughs) carpeted bathrooms. More of like, she's changed the outside. To look like it. There's like a thing on top, on like the roof, like so you could go stand on the roof. That'd be cool. I'd like that. Yeah. So at the Grand Rapids City Archives, there's also a mugshot book from Grand Rapids Mm -hmm. back from the 1920s. They also have fingerprint cards that relate to the different people they brought in. I got to work with them to carefully take this book apart and help preserve it. Yeah. So really cool, really fun. They're working on digitizing it so you can actually access it from home, but they can take you on tours to actually look at the actual piece. It's one of five books. I believe it was five. It might have been four, but at least it's one of a couple of them. I think it's number three. Mm-hmm. The, li- the Grand Rapids Public Museum has number one or two in their archives. They don't have it on display, and it's a bit bit worse condition than the other one. Fun fact, they were found in a dumpster by a guy who then donated them to the museum and the archives, but unfortunately the other books are lost with time. They've never been found. Who would throw those away? I 
crazy people. Like, don't throw away history. I will get very angry. Who found that and was like, this is definitely garbage. Toss it out. He probably got fired. Thankfully, the person found it and was like, this is obviously history and not garbage. I'm going to bring it to the archives and the library and, or, I mean, the museum, yeah. and they're going to take care of them. I feel like if I found something like that, I would be selfish and I'd bring it home. I think it's nice that they're preserving it for future research. There was actually someone who used the Grand Rapids Archives one for history of clothing in that era. That's cool. Because, think about it, back then, expensive for portraits to be done, so Mm -hmm. usually not many people could have their portrait taken, and when they did, they dressed to the nines. You know, Mm -hmm. they used their best clothing. And in this case... You got to see everyone who was on the poorer side, maybe didn't get photographed as often, maybe their only photograph in history, and what they were actually wearing at the time. Cool. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool, too. It's interesting what research and historians can dig out of different pieces yeah. and things like they that. so much information. So both men and women were arrested in GR and are in the mugshot book. You know, women, mm-hmm. all races, all different ethnicities. The women seem to be overall arrested for alcohol, prostitution, or theft. Men range from alcohol, theft, burglary, solicitation, all sorts of things. There was even a bombing incident in there of someone involved in a Hmm. bombing, but there was really no further research we could find (laughs) at the time that related to that, so apparently there's a very small blip in Grand Rapids history. Not a big deal thing. Also, fun thing I learned from my gothic art history professor is that the Grand Rapids buildings built over several decades take a lot of architecture from different decades in times, even if it's not related to anything current. So there's a lot of Gothic architecture in Grand Rapids or pieces of it mismatched with other histories because they're like, oh, I like this. I'm going to like add this into it, even though it's like the 60s or whatever. Don't let the time stop you from living your dreams. I will agree, but there's difference between <laughs> actual Gothic architecture and the Knock unfortunate <laughs> apartment building that we are known for in Granville that has a bronze lion on the top. Is that the... The castle. The castle building? Yep. I love the fact that there's a lion on it. It's it ridiculous. Is just it's terrible. Favorite. I remember in my class we razzed that building. Like we made so much fun of it because it's just terribly. I built. love it. One building that has really gorgeous architecture and a great history is called the Amway Grand Plaza Hotel. Originally the Pantalind Hotel. It was built in 1913. The arched entrance and the pillars are reflect of the bow art style of architecture, which mm-hmm. takes influence from a Del- bunch of different decades and in 1923 they added 189 extra rooms which is why it kind of has wings and it's not like a solid rectangular structure Mm -hmm. and then it reopened in 1981 as the amway when the company purchased it we passed that building we talked did we talked about it a little bit but not as much also apparently has ghosts in there because obviously old building as most buildings do why didn't we go to that one then i want the spooks we weren't on a spooky tour we were on a crime tour we're, we're going to leads go. to ghosts, so they are connected. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yes. <laughs> Another special thank you to the Facebook group, Grand Rapids Boss Babes, for giving us ideas of where to get started. They actually gave me an idea to find the link for this crime tour. So now on to our main part of our episode, focusing on the crimes of Grand Rapids. Yay! Because we love a good crime story, we have some other items, but like I said, we're mostly going to talk about this crazy adventure we went on. <laughs> 
So Jay and I went on a walking tour of the city with a company called GR Crime Tours, Mm -hmm. which you can find the link in our episode details. If you want to take a tour yourself, I highly recommend it. I had fun. I don't know about you. I had a good time. I like that we had a little, we had such a tiny group. Yeah, it was like four of us plus the tour guide. Yep. Our tour guide was Amanda. She was very nice. She was very funny, very knowledgeable. The website says that you travel back in time through the streets of Grand Rapids as your comedic tour guide tells you stories of crime while walking through the downtown Monroe North or Bridge Street. The best part is you meet the group at one of the local restaurants or bars, and you stop and grab drinks at three different stops on the way, which I thought was really fun to have little to-go cups of my beer or my wine, in Jay's case. My little Shirley Temple. (laughs) Which is gross, by the way. I did not not, like that. Okay, theirs is really, really sugary. Typically, they're not that sugary, but I like sugar, so it's fine. It's about two hours of walking time. They do it twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays usually at night around 7 o'clock. Tickets are $20 a person. They also do private tours as well. Like I said, please follow our link. Check them out. Really cool tour to go on. Yeah. They have the other tours in the other locations, but I think right now they're not running, mm-hmm. which is the Monroe one and then the Bridge Street one. Okay. Spoiler, if you're planning to do the tour, I would suggest skipping the rest of the episode because we're going to talk about three of the different stories, maybe a few more about what we were told about cool. the history of Grand Rapids. With that said, let's get started with the Peck family murders. All right. So I wanted to start with this one because it's the pretty most popular one a lot of people know about it even if they have a bare minimum of history yeah as you did (laughs) so i did a little bit of extra research from this so arthur warren Waite was born december 2nd 1886 he became a high school sweetheart of claire peck of john and hannah peck they were a very prominent family owned a drugstore were like basically millionaires of their time the dream Now, after Arthur became a dentist and married Claire, they moved to New York. When her mom went to visit, she died. And didn't they, like, cremate her, like, really quickly or something like that? Yes, immediately. So there was not an autopsy. And you couldn't find that evidence of... It's never good if there's not an autopsy. Of course, he didn't stop there because he wanted a nice inheritance. Apparently, there was a dowry involved in this marriage, but instead of just getting the lump giant sum, it was in installment payments, which still was like, what, two or $3,000 a month in, like, nowadays time? Yeah, I thought I it was average it was like 200 bucks. Yeah, and, like then, and then we did the math, and it was, like, a lot for this time. Like, it would be a yeah. nice chunk change that you would be perfectly fine never working on. But this guy was pretty greedy, so he's like, no, I want my inheritance. I want all of this. I guess he was planning it since they were, like, young. Yeah, he is planning it from the beginning. Creepy. Which is just... Kids, watch out for your high school sweethearts. The way that she had worded it was he, like, knew that they were going to get married. He knew he was going to do all this. And I would like to say Claire was innocent in all this. She had no idea this guy was planning to kill her parents. (laughs) Pretty crappy. So, (laughs) anyways... His father-in-law visited them, and he attempted to kill him like the mom, but the plans changed when it didn't work out quickly. And this is where I did some extra research. Mm -hmm. I got a quote from him. Then I gave him arsenic. I don't remember what day it was. I gave him a lot of it in his food. One night I was left to watch by his bedside while my wife got some rest. The old man was groaning with pain, as you would with arsenic. Yeah. I looked over at the medicine bottles beside his head and found a small vial of chloroform. I saturated the rag with some of this and went over to him and said, Father... Here is some ether and ammonia, which will relieve your pain. Damn, that's cold-blooded. I gave him a 
smell, and then I gave him another dose. At last, he fell asleep. I continued to put more until he became unconscious. Then I got a pillow, placed it over Mr. Peck's face, and held it down until he died. Cool. Didn't he... Was this the one where, like, he murdered the mom, like, with... It was the arsenic. Influenza? No. Yeah, I think they had... He had some kind of cocktail mixture, but the ending was arsenic. Like, the prominent thing in there was also arsenic. It just arsenic. freaked me out that you can give someone... He just, some sort of illness like that. That's so creepy. Yeah, he was just not a very nice guy. Can you imagine if I snuck in your house and was like, here's some COVID. <laughs> it's like sprinkle it on like your spaghetti or something. I'm just picturing you trying to <laughs> sprinkle COVID on like little glitter specks. <laughs> Why does I, my food have glitter in it? It's fine. Just eat it. It's good for you. Added some pizzazz. Clearly, he was caught, he was tried, and he was electrocuted at Sing Sing on May 24th, 1917. Does she give us the last words? Uh, she gave us the last words. I don't remember what they were, and I didn't grab them. We but it was really dumb. My favorite thing, where I get to look at something. <laughs> look how creepy he is. He looks like a serial killer. Yeah, he does. Don't marry men if they look like that. <laughs> Look at her. She was a... She was pretty. She was popping. That was Claire. Poor lady. Married oh, a murderer. Okay, go through quickly quotes. I gave her repeated doses of germs, then some arsenic, and after that some ground glass. He would later testify. I also injected oh, live germs the sparkly, into a can that's of That's the sparkly fish. confetti is the yeah. glass. I injected live germs into a can of fish before presenting it to her. The fuck? Don't do that. Please don't. don't. No, don't murder people. Ugh, that's the worst. Just, like, stab me or something. Are we gonna add more things to your list? Yeah. Oh, yeah, his Jared's last, last pick-me-boy quote, Is this all there is to it? <laughs> was his last words. Is this all there is to it? Yes, he was a psychopath. <laughs> weird, weird psychopath. Yeah, newspaper clipping. We're going to talk about the Lethal Lover Murders. So this one took place in the 1980s, so a little bit more recent history. It involved two women who got involved and started killing off residents in the Alpine Manor nursing homes in Walker, Michigan. You could almost say it's kind of like the Mercy Killings, but I don't think they were just trying... I don't think they were going for, like, like the Angel just, of Death thing. I think they were just, like, They were just, like, crazy. having fun yeah. by murdering people. So much fun. Which is not really... And I'm pretty sure they also, like, they got into a romantic relationship, and I think they held the murderers over each other or something, so that way the other one tell. Yes. That was how they proved their love to each other. Just go to couples therapy. Or, like, have a date night. Date night, couples therapy, you'll be fine. Yeah, don't need you to don't murder need to murder people together. That's okay. So this was Gwendolyn Graham and Catherine Wood. Kathy was employed not long after her divorce, and then Gwen was her direct supervisor. Like I said, friends, eventually lovers, did all sorts of crazy things together. The tour guide told us something about how uh, Kathy had to tell someone what happened after they broke up. So, like, they went on a murder spree, they killed a bunch of residents, pretty gruesome, pretty disgusting. Mm -hmm. And then Kathy eventually moved away with the lover, eventually becoming husband, yeah. and she told him what she did. Yeah. And I remember arguing with you, and, like, we were puzzled by why she did that or why someone would be, like, go through all this trouble of doing this and then telling somebody. I did more research on the Catholic Gwen case, and there is actually a really good reason why she ended up telling her husband what she did. 
more than what our tour guide told us. So Hit they me. went their separate ways. I think they ended up both ended up in Texas somehow. I don't know if Gwen followed or whatever, but Kathy was doing whatever. Gwen would still have conversations, call her. So Gwen started to work at the Mother Francis Hospital in the maternity ward with babies. Don't give her a baby. And she apparently told Kathy over the phone that she liked walking past the nursery and wanted to smash them. I don't like that. Nope. I don't like that at all. Apparently the guilt wasn't enough for the older, frail residents that they did in, but this with the babies made her felt guilty enough that she wanted to prevent Gwen, for, Gwen from doing further harm, and then apparently, according to her, that's why she confessed to her husband and when he turned him in, was so that mm. way Gwen wouldn't do that to babies. You know how there is the, there's an argument about if one of them was actually doing the killing? Or That it, makes me feel like it was her. Even if it was both of them, at the very least, if that's true, that's like that person's just a psychopath. That's terrifying. I don't, yeah, murder generally doesn't bother me. Murder doesn't bother. Okay, Jay. you know what I mean. Like I can listen to true crime, and I'm not like frazzled. By yes, it. a lot of people do that. Yes, like that. But anytime. That, there are children involved. It is a little is bit more my brain goes into panic mode and is like, nope, can't process that at all. <laughs> there was a lot of other fun stories that we learned about and could have picked up on. I want to leave a little bit of surprises for your own research or that stuff, but there was an orgy that people got arrested for because, you know, Puritan sex crimes, things like that. There was also uh, the heartbreak. Was it the heartbreak? Yeah. Serial killers, which was a nationwide thing, so that one's a pretty well-known one in other states as well, where the Craigslist killer of their day, Lonely Hearts, oh, yeah, the, putting out ads in papers, and, and it was and the husband and wife that would yep, steal from lonely women and then ended Just up killing rude. some of them if they found out. So it's like the it's like not only you're scamming people, but then if they find out or start getting suspicious, then you're murdering them too. Yeah. That's just like rubbing salt in the wound. It really is. Did and they it, kill people that they had stolen from, too? I think they killed a lot of people who found it. I don't think they killed everybody, though. Just anyone and everyone. They killed a kid, though, remember? They killed the kid. Yeah, the she little had that two-year-old or whatever. And then they Not were, good she people. was found in the cement. In her mom's arms. Dark shit. Yes. So we didn't go too much into that one. The last one I want to talk about is the Great Escape. The prison this escape. Is the train one? Yes, this is the train one. How did you find this? I couldn't find that anywhere. Uh, it's actually in one of the books that we were researching. We go further back in time for this one. This was in 1885 and the first prison escape for Grand Rapids. Lorenzo Payne was a con man who was in jail and Joseph Morrison got arrested for stealing chickens. For his family, because his wife was yes. pregnant at the time. When she was telling the story, I could not keep straight who was the chicken guy. So Morrison was the chicken guy, Morris and then the Lorenzo guy. was the con man. Okay, cool. He was in jail for that. His pregnant wife snuck in wire and gloves for them to slowly saw the bars off the cell. Mm -hmm. They were located on the second floor in the Kent County Jail on a teeny... Well, she, she said it was a teeny tiny island in the middle of a Grand River. It was a one-room building, essentially. Yeah. But it was a couple stories tall, so... But it was, like... It's tiny. Aww. 
Yeah, because at that time, the dams weren't going in the Grand River, so it was a lot wider of a river. So there was room for the island. I didn't know it had multiple floors. It did, because remember the bed sheets and the climbing out the window? Oh, yeah. Well, I think then that relaxes the security guard part. Yes. This was April 23rd at night, and I want to put out there that apparently the pole they made out of the bars of their cell was... According to the research, 11 by 7-ish inches, which is like a sheet of paper. Can you imagine trying to squeeze out of a hole that size? How do you... You wouldn't... Could you fit through that? Oh, heck no, I could not fit through that. I would fit through that. I couldn't fit through that. This is the 30s. They don't have adequate nutrition. They've been in jail, probably not eating correctly. The one guy was stealing chickens because obviously they're starving. I guess, but damn. Let's just hope we never get caught because that would be bad. We would not escape out of that. So many crimes. (laughs) They used tied bed sheets to climb out of the second story window. Mm -hmm. Now, the sheriff actually wasn't at the building that night. Someone else was watching it or whatever. He happened to come in early to work, which is when he discovered the escape, which worked out in his favor, not so much for theirs because Lorenzo, the con man, was caught a few miles from Granada's, didn't even get that far because he was on his way to Canada. Mm -hmm. Not very good at that. He had all night and he... Got a couple That's how far away. he got. Well, they didn't have all night. They got out at, what, 1 a.m., and, like, the sheriff got in early at 4 or 5, so it was oh, a faster okay. time to discover that than it might have been otherwise. He said, when he got caught, that Morrison, you know, the chicken guy. Chicken boy. God damn him. When we were ready to leave, we tied our spare clothing into bundles and threw them out the window. I had a good overcoat and an extra suit for clothes, but Morrison had nothing to speak of, and what he did have ragged. He was the first to get out, and as soon as he stuck the ground, he grabbed my bundles of clothes and skipped. I'm not sure how I feel about the chicken man anymore, because the con man is the honest one in this whole dealing of... Listen, if the man is stealing chickens, he probably doesn't have much. I can't really say I blame him. There are worse people to steal from than another criminal. (laughs) There are. I'm just saying he's not a complete innocent bystander just stealing food (laughs) for his family. They, well, didn't he also like leave his wife <laughs> Not necessarily. I think that's what the person implied, but the more research. So they eventually caught Morrison south in Indiana. He probably did have to go on the run without his wife because obviously mm-hmm. she was pregnant or having a kid yeah, around she this time. Run very fast. So Morrison is going away for 14 months. They caught him, put him back in jail. He's going to go away to a different, like an actual jail, not just the little yeah. thing for four. 14 months his wife and baby daughter visit him before he's going to be transferred so wife had the baby they're visiting him he's Mm -hmm. gonna be transferred they probably won't get to see him as charles h libby went to lock him back up after that and libby was a circuit court messenger by the way and apparently not really good at this he got he was a bachelor so he got embarrassed when they were kissing goodbye so he wasn't really paying attention that much wife and daughter you know leave and morrison says as the guys get ready to lock him up He'd rather be dead than locked up and took off before Libby could officially lock him in the jail cell. He's running away and Libby's chasing him. So it wasn't the sheriff. It was a circuit court guy who's chasing after him. He got out and he, as he was literally being locked up. Yes. How terrible of a security guard do you have to be in order to not? Again, he was a circuit court messenger. So I don't know how much he was actually involved in that process. I think. Just put the guy in, close the door, lock it. There's three steps. And then we talked to him. They're running, 
you know, he's trying to run away from him. Libby's kind of catching on him. The train is, so the train's coming towards him, and instead of... Because he wants to get to the other side of the train. He wants to get to the other side of the train And he's like, great, that'll give me some time. The guy can't catch up to me if I get a little extra time. And he, you know, his planning skills are mediocre. And so he just gets across, and then the train clips his ankle, right? Yes. Which is... Well, one, that would hurt so bad. So painful. Because, can you imagine, I probably, like, clipped his, like, Achilles heel, like, area. And that's, like, a train. Like, I mean, I know trains probably didn't go quite as fast back then, but that's still a huge (laughs) steel. It's a hunk of metal just slicing through your ankle. Only your ankle. And if it sliced that, then, like, you can't really walk. I don't know if he sliced it exactly. I don't know if it sliced off, but it definitely, definitely did a well, lot of damage. Well, even if it, like, just crushed just, it. Literally just got it. You wouldn't be able to, like, put weight on that. Yeah, right. according so to our tour guide. Yes, he's just crawling, crawling with away. blood following behind him. He's like, yes, my plan is going well, and I will still make it. So Libby's, like, waiting for the train that the, the train goes by, and he, like, <laughs> tackles the guy and takes him back to jail, and then he's transferred to Ionia. <sighs> he tried his hardest. What was your favorite part of the tour? Uh, my favorite part was the orgy story, because that was hilarious. Yes. And you got to read from it, and that was also funny. <laughs> I did. I don't. I can't remember the quote. I wasn't able to find oh, it, but we I got to. I have it. You have it. I have it filmed. Oh, lovely! Don't so worry. don't worry. You'll get to see me yes. read that beautiful quote. We'll put it right here, right now. Of what the officer I think said in his report about what was going on. <laughs> That's so funny. Because nowadays, like in the seventies, you get key clubs. Like no one cares. Back then, they cared. Yeah, they're like you're having. You're maybe going they also thought it to would, hell. Maybe they also thought it was a prostitution thing, though, because that would have been illegal. So maybe, oh, maybe. that played plate with part into it. Mine was just being able to go around and have these drinks downtown and just be able to learn this different stuff. And our tour guide got so into it; it was just so much fun. She was, she was fun. If you have any questions or suggestions for us, feel free to reach out on any of our social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Jay will be making a video of this special episode, which we'll provide a link on on our social sites. It'll probably be on our website as well. If you have any suggestions of other tours we should take, let us know. I personally want to do a food tour, and I know Jay is dying. I do a ghost tour. Yes, dying for a ghost tour, pun intended. Die on the ghost tour, that'd be iconic. Now make sure you check out Jay's other podcast, High School Author Wannabe, as well as the Twitch account of Jay is an astronaut for live sessions on the queer experience. Yes. Thank Are you, you having any new ones anytime soon? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Apparently not. Hopefully. <laughs> Are the old ones recorded so they can re- watch them? Yeah. Oh, They're cool. still on the channel. Nice. All right. Well, bye, everyone. Thank you for this, and we'll see you on our reg- regularly scheduled episode next week. Yay. Bye. Bye. bye.